Welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you build stronger relationships, deepen your faith, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Today is a celebration. It is an optimistic view of what it means to be a Christian. For some of us, it might be a realignment where we get away from this perpetual negativity and from the message of fear and uncertainty in this world, and we get back centered into what it means to be a Christian. The truth is, God's people ought to be the most positive and hopeful people in this entire world. Our lights ought to be shining via our attitude and our dependency upon God. Because of the things we know about God, we are the ultimate optimists. We can make lemonade out of even rotten old lemons. As my friend Mark Roberts once said, when God's people fall in the lake, they get out and check their pockets for fish. There is always something good that can come. The reason is twofold. There are two things that you and I know for sure that not everyone does. Number one, God is with us. We exist in the palm of his mighty hand. We are forever protected by the power of the creator of the universe. And that comforting truth is never far from us because God is never far from us. Secondly, we know that this life is not all that there is. We expect that there will be trials and testing. We face that with courage because we know that even 2 Corinthians chapter 4, as our outer man is undergoing decay, some may get sick, some may die, our inner man is being renewed day by day because that is just one day closer to eternity with God. So that is exactly what I want to talk to you about today. And to help us do so, I wanted to use this title. I've been meaning to use it for a long time. It is one of my favorite phrases. I can't believe it has not found its way to the heading of any of the previous episodes. But then again, I'm always looking for God's providence in the way things happen. And I feel like now, in the middle of this coronavirus crisis, is the perfect time. I want you to think about hope springs eternal. This is a great phrase. It says to yourself and to others, no matter what I am bearing now, I anticipate that things will get better. It may be different than it was before, but it will get better. Whatever I am working through now, I will work through it. There is no reason to let it stop me or get me down, because there will be a new birth. There will be a coming forth through this, and I will be better, and there will be reason to rejoice again, and maybe I can even rejoice now knowing that. Let me briefly break down these three words, because while the phrase is great, each word carries a couple of important ideas. Firstly, let's talk about hope. Do you feel hope? Are you experiencing it? It is something that drives you and builds up within you even before you have seen the outcome that you seek. 
Hope means I want something better. Maybe I'm looking for a better economic situation. Maybe I'm looking for better health around me. Maybe I'm just looking for a better me, but I desire something greater and I'm excited about it. That is one crucial element of hope, optimism for tomorrow. But it's not blind. It's not random. I don't hope to fly like Superman tomorrow. I would like that very much. But to truly put my heart into that desire would be foolish because there is no expectation or evidence that I will receive it. But true hope not only desires something, but it expects a good outcome. I expect that our economy will get going again. I expect that soon enough people will not be dying of this virus. I expect that God will get me through whatever comes, and I expect that if I die today, my life only gets better from there. I love hope. Everyone must live with it if they are to be a Christian. The second word is great, springs. First of all, it represents a quick and sudden jump, and I like that. I like thinking that things may get better all of the sudden. You may get up tomorrow and just feel different. You may truly become someone else through one podcast episode or even just a good night's rest. Sometimes hope takes time to come to fulfillment, but sometimes if you are ready for it and looking for it, it just blossoms right in front of you almost out of nowhere. I really love thinking about hope as something that can spring up before us in an instant. The second thing I would say about that word, and you'll hear more about this in a minute, is that it is connected with a very important season. We are now in the spring. Spring has sprung, as we say. We've come out of the doldrums and darkness and cold and wet and potential dreariness, depending on where you live, of the late fall, the dying away of things, and the dead of winter. Just like you can come through a dark period in your life and see good things blossom again, so too are we observing it around us in the natural world right now. Hope springs, and the season helps us see that. And then thirdly, eternal. Hope springs eternal. There are a couple of ideas here. First of all, eternal probably in that phrase means it is set in place to happen. It is a guarantee you can absolutely have confidence that some things always happen. For instance, pandemics, we always get past them as a people, every time. The winter, it always passes and gives way to the new beginnings of spring. These are things that are eternal in that they are forever set in place. So let's not act like there isn't something better coming when eternally there is. And then, of course, the second application of that is beyond this carnal realm. The truest and greatest hopes that may spring up on us in ways we never imagined and at times we cannot predict are eternal in nature. Salvation of a soul, the passing from this life to the glories that follow. If we could only see the true season of spring, I'm talking about the eternal and heavenly one with the angels and with God, 
we would live with an indefatigable level of hope. I learned that big word once. I'll let you look it up if you'd like, but it means enduring. So before we get to the back half of this episode and four things I really want you to think about, I need you to say or think three words with a big smile on your face. Hope springs eternal. Now listen, the four things I want to share with you, they really demand some rewarding Bible study that we won't have time to do in this episode. So let me pass this along very briefly. For me, today is Saturday, April 11th. You might be listening to this episode on launch day, two days later, on April 13th. In between there, Sunday morning at the Lindale Church of Christ, I will be preaching a sermon by this title, Hope Springs Eternal. The eight minutes I just shared with you will be summed up in just a few in the sermon, and we will have a chance to elaborate, biblically speaking, into all four of the categories I'm about to share. So you can find that on the Lindale Church of Christ podcast or the website lindalechurchofchrist.com. And if you really want to hear from God himself, on the things that I'll be sharing, be sure and check that out. All right, so if you are kind of struggling with this, like you really want to feel all of these things, but the weight of the world just almost seems like there is no immediate hope, then let me share with you four things sourced in God that can make all the difference. The first one we mentioned already, the season itself. Have you been outside in the last two weeks. The sun has come out, then it would rain some more, and then the sun comes out and it rains, but the temperatures are rising a bit. The breeze is gentle and kind for the most part. The grass is growing and green. There are flowers everywhere. New birth, new life. The spring season is blooming and blossoming all around us. My wife understands this incredibly. That's why she sent me to Walmart in a mask to get her Claritin D. But even in the midst of all the sneezing, she is outside enjoying what God has eternally given us on this earth, and that is springtime. The Bible says in Romans 1 and verse 20 that when you look around at what he has made, you will know him. And spring is the message of birth again after death and it's built into the natural world. Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't worry about your life. And if you are looking for evidence that you ought not do that, Jesus said, look at the grass in the field. Look at the flowers and the birds. Every year, God brings them back. They grow again. They come out and sing their songs anew. If God knows how to bring about new life and beauty again from the darkness in the grass, I guarantee he will do so for you. If you are looking for hope, walk outside. Okay, so here's a second thing that the world has connected to the first. I'm talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Have you thought about what God was showing you when he brought Jesus forth from the grave? The winter for Christ was cold and dark. He was abandoned, forsaken, beaten, mocked, and murdered. 
But that was not the end. Then he springs forth from the grave. He comes forth new and alive again. I'll be reading in the sermon on Sunday in Luke 24 when he appeared to the two men on the road to Emmaus. And there was something burning in their hearts while they were listening to him speak. And when he revealed himself to them, they were overjoyed. And it became clear that the hope that Jesus came to bring was not about some renewed government or better health or a longer life. It was about eternity, even after death. Do you feel that? Is every Sunday, the very first day of the week, that opportunity for you to connect to that true hope in the empty tomb? Because it ought to be. As I said, the world connects the two in what is called Easter. It is Easter weekend. And I won't get into the history of that, but it's really connecting some pagan history rooted in the springtime, a goddess of new beginnings and new life, and they put it together with Jesus, the ultimate representation of that, and Easter was born. Well, you don't need any of that to worship God. All you need to do is walk outside and see the beauty of new beginnings, and on the Lord's Day, partake of the memorial representing Jesus going from death to life again. Okay, so the third thing is where it gets personal. I'm talking about your cleansing. I'm talking about the moment that you became a Christian. Do you remember that? Do you remember going down in that water knowing that you were burdened by sin, and after you united with the power of Jesus' death, you came up new, a new creature, 2 Corinthians 5 says. The old man is passed away, The new man is born. The sin was gone. The spiritual death was gone. You were new. You were renewed. You were reborn. Do you remember that? If you have had that experience, it ought to affect the rest of your life. You live in the new hope of eternal life, comforted by the power of the Lord. What can the world do to diminish the glory of that? Add to that passages like 1 John 1 that says that every time that a Christian sins and feels the burden of darkness and death, we confess our sins and he is faithful and righteous to forgive us. The darkness and dread and death of sin will never control my life again. I can be made new every time I go to him Even if I've drifted from God, if you're someone who has drifted back into the world and you've gone back into the season of death, you can return to God and you can experience the hope springing eternal in your soul by the cleansing of God through Christ. No matter what happens with our economy or even in our own bodies, no one can take away our assurances, I'm smiling as I say this, found by the cleansing that comes through Jesus. I feel like I need to add something here. If you have not enjoyed that cleansing, if you do not feel like your sins have been forgiven, if you have not been baptized and united with the power of his death, you very much need to be. There is a good chance that the dread that you continually feel was not about the weather, And it is not about the coronavirus. It is about your eternal soul yearning for a new beginning. You reach out to me. My email is 
emersonk78 at me.com. I will put it in the description for the podcast. Let's talk about that. Okay, so hope springs eternal in the season, in the resurrection, in your cleansing, and lastly, it should be happening every day in you, in your attitude, in your outlook on things, in the way you talk to your family, in the things you share on social media. Every day ought to be, and we did an episode on this last year, that you feel new every morning. In the book of Lamentations, even in a time of dread, Jeremiah said, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. That hope is not limited to one experience of being baptized when it all began. That hope does not wait until the time of lamenting is over. That hope is new every morning because of my relationship with God. Is that what your life is like? It ought to be. Your Christian friends need for you to be the person in whom hope springs eternal. Your family needs to know that there is hope It comes quickly and frequently from God, and it never fails. And the world is watching. They are watching Christians, and the story of the gospel's explosion into the hearts of people when we all come out of our homes again, well, the early chapters of that story are already being written by the attitude, outlook, demeanor, words, and faith of his people. Again, If that is not how you feel, if you are fighting dread and fear, certainly the basics are needed. Daily Bible reading and prayer, non-negotiable. But also, try some of this. One, go outside. When the storms are cleared and the birds are chirping and the sun is peeking up over the horizon, When the grass is green and the flowers are beautiful and you feel the gentle breeze, just understand that God did it again. He always comes through. This is a representation of his control and his love. Spend some time also thinking about Jesus, who gave his life for you, that his message of new life even after death might be confirmed. If you have not been buried with Christ and raised in him, you need to do so. And if you have, from the seasons to his grave to your baptism, let the world know that hope springs eternal. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.